0: Parker and I'm Ashley Hamilton and and this this is Celebrity Celebrity Memoir Book Club Club. ah
1: what coming to you from a
0: rainy Sunday
1: afternoon oh boy is it drizzling Ashley do you want to talk about the reviewers we've had so many great reviews I mean fucking appreciate the goddamn shit out of
0: you guys I love you guys so much Ashley please thank the people that deserve this rainy life we're living the ray of sunshine are you who are leaving us reviews (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much to AJ underscore 617. Caffeinate me. Caffeinate me too while you're at it. <laughs> Bianc. Uh, Frizza loves podcast. Podcast loves Frizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pussy talk 69. <laughs> <laughs> mmst, mmst, mmst. I've, um, I love that. How beat. do they spell that? N-N-S-T, N-N-S-T, N-N-S-T. Wow. They nailed that. out. They <laughs> nailed that. <laughs> um xo megan mckinley xo hugs and kisses to you and shallow Shallow, <laughs> shallow, shallow.
1: You guys, thank you so much for keeping us alive. Um, we also just found out we have Canadian reviewers that need to be thanked. Oh my God.
0: yes, yeah. Our reviewers from Canada. This one is a series of numbers, which I'm not even going to try to read, but it starts with a nine, ends with a two. I respect you. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ashley cannot read numbers. I'm sorry I put that on her. <laughs> uh, next, Nikki. I can read that and I love it um star sky 44 i fucking adore you okay you guys neither of us had anything that happened to us this week so instead of doing
1: what was your chapter this week because i do think this would be the part that gets edited out we're instead going to talk about
0: whether or not we would end up in a cult ashley do you think you could get stuck in a cult oh a thousand percent i really think that it is straight up shocking that it hasn't happened to me already and i actually have a theory as to why i do think that like one of the things that you'll notice we'll talk about further in this episode is that like to get stuck genuinely in a cult you have to fully believe in something and i don't think i've ever seriously believed in anything that hard except for like the power of the olsen twins and so like i kind of feel like the reason my reality couldn't be shifted like that is because i like don't think that hard about anything (laughs) (laughs) and so that's what has protected me
1: I don't think I could get stuck in a cult because I don't. I also was not raised to, like, trust any institutions. I don't, like, yeah. have faith in any one thing. Um, also, I have no follow-through. Mm-hmm. I, like, you know what I mean? I would love to get into Barry's Boot Camp. I would love to be on the Miami Diet. I would love to be, like, there's a lot of
0: things I wish I could get sucked into. Yeah, there are a lot of methods of self-improvement that I, like see how they're good. I and- mean, I'm trying to make my bed every day. Like, that's where <laughs> I'm at. I've
1: been working on it for seven years. I just got on board with the idea of drinking water. I am now... I'm trying to put on sunscreen. Like, these are the things that I'm just coming around to. Skin you care. were
0: vehemently opposed to big water for a long time. I am <laughs> getting thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? That's years, how but- <laughs> they get you. The cult of water because the, the thing is, the more water you drink, the more you notice when you don't have water and you are... Parched like a beached mermaid. Well, that's what... If I start the day with coffee... I don't drink water.
1: And I really think it's because my body goes into like a starvation mode, but for thirst where they're like, all right, boys, pack it up. Like we're, we're drowning in it today. Like, you know what I mean? Just like, don't let that girl spit. We've got, we're working with what we started with. She will not have another drop of h 20 And it really is like, I'll have like 16 ounces of coffee in the morning and then I'll go to bed and I'll sort of brush my teeth, but a dry brush because I don't even want water there. I get like hydrophobic. But then if I start my day with like a cup of tea or a celery juice or me and Mac have been doing like a hot water with ginger, I am just guzzling it down like a little water slut. I can't get enough. <laughs> I'm so thirsty. The more water I drink, the thirstier I get. That's what I'm saying. It's the damnedest thing. That's big water. That's kind of the cult of water. It might be a scam. What <laughs> are they putting in this New York City tap water that just keeps
0: you coming back for more? Fluoride helps Florida, your chompers let me tell you my chompers need to help i know <laughs> i wonder if that's what happened to your teeth if you guys want to know about claire's teeth saga listen to our former podcast we're in a fight with claire and ashley claire was in a fight with the dentist for a uh, year my whole, life, my whole life for
1: those who don't know i've had a lot of i've had three root canals i like a cavity every tooth i mean they're really white and pretty teeth and they are just rotten on the inside and Every day, I go to the dentist and hope to God they'll be like, we're just going to rip them out. I'm like, give me dentures. Let me." I'm tired of fighting this battle. Teeth weren't even meant to last that long. That is something I believe. You know, I could get into the cult of we're not supposed to have teeth. Because I do believe cavemen were only supposed to have teeth for like 35 years. And so this idea that we're even trying to keep them alive longer than that, like, no. Rip them out at 20. When you're supposed to get braces, take them all out. <laughs> give me Hillary Duff caps, baby. Like, I just want to be... <laughs> like, I just, like, am tired of trying. I'm tired of pretending this weekend I got something stuck in my teeth and I kept picking at it and picking at it. And then it dawned on me, I was like, maybe I'm not picking at something in my teeth. Maybe this is just like one of my root canals. I'm going to rip out one of my own crowns. Like, I was just like, I don't even know what's going on there. I'm tired of the games. I'm
0: tired of the lies. I f- can't. Can I say one of the funniest things I think you've ever done is when you had that Groupon. Oh yeah, a Groupon. <laughs> <laughs> you had a Groupon for like a teeth whitening thing and you went in and they were like, your teeth are just like <laughs> covered in black." We really recommend you like get a cleaning and a checkup and then you can get them whitened. And you were like, just whiten the plaque. <laughs> I did. And it worked. One of my biggest
1: beefs with dentists is when the hygienist comes in and takes all the plaque from you and then your teeth don't touch anymore you just have giant holes i've said it once i'll say it again plaque is tooth grout and i like mine (laughs) and i like mine in and i like it white (laughs) oh my god
0: the things you're saying
1: are so disgusting i like it it's natural it's Mm. natural and if it's not rip them out i don't care i'm done (laughs) playing. that's why i'm done playing with this game because i've been told my feelings about teeth are not
0: correct socially and I'm just like, not. it's not that they're not correct I won't <laughs> say who's right and who's wrong we have literally no proof no one has ever gone in and studied teeth li- <laughs> find me one
1: <laughs> I've heard that dentistry is a scam And there's where's art- the science there's articles about it because that nobody there's no oversight there's no there's the government has no say in your teeth and do you that's know who's true. in
0: charge it's those that board of dentists who tells you you've tried it and gum is good I think it's the rock
1: <laughs> isn't he the tooth fairy <laughs> That's why the rock is so big. He's full of everybody's teeth. He's using (laughs) them as extra bones for more (laughs) scaffolding for more muscles. How many bones in one rock? Have you ever looked at rock and gone? He's rock hard like a bone. It's because he is all teeth. Can I say I've literally never thought that?
0: (laughs) He's a skin suit filled with teeth. (laughs) It's a big conspiracy. I think this is one of the grossest things we've ever talked about. And we have had some fucking gnarly conversations. Well, don't get me started about teeth then because you're not going to like where it's going. Anyway. Anyway.
1: Um, could I get in, into a cult? Sounds like yes. <laughs> <laughs> Back to me being too critically analytical <laughs> to get it. Know what I was thinking though? I am seven years into stand-up and I think that that's worse. Yeah. I, I mean, do think I'm in the cult of believing in myself and that is like the like, one like, who cult? would I just
0: blindly give money to? And it turns out every dive bar in America. I really <laughs> do think that like
1: the way I treat stand-up where anybody with an Excel spreadsheet could be like, there's not one data point that says it's working. And then I'm like, it's, I'm getting better.
0: Also to our point from last week, I went to college and that is probably a cult. Spent a lot of money on that shit.
1: Yeah. And where did it get us? Okay. Okay. Should we get into what we're talking about this week? I'm so excited. So if you guys tuned in for part one, if you haven't, I'd say go back and tune in. You'll remember that at this point, Leah Remini was raised in Scientology. She came out of sort of an abusive childhood. Her mom's ex-boyfriend got her into Scientology. They're all part of the church. They go down to the Sea Orgs. They go to LA. Leah becomes an actress. At this point, she's very successful. She's in King of Queens, Mm -hmm. which... It's not like a critically acclaimed show, but uh, went nine seasons to be nine seasons on a network. Made it over 200 episodes. I mean, listen, that's where the money is. That is
0: exactly where the money is. That shit that can be syndicated in
1: like eight languages. Cause let me tell you something, hot wife, fat husband. That's funny in every country. (laughs) You don't even need subtitles. They're just watching it going, but he's ugly and she's hot and there's a dad. That's funny. No matter what. So
0: funny. No matter what. Okay. So exactly where we left off last week is where Sherry, who was one of Leah's lifelong Scientology friends who had kind of eased away from Scientology in a way where she was kind of against it, but not publicly so she and Leah could remain friends. She came to Leah about with some very damning information and basically tried to influence Leah away from Scientology in a way that Leah had to end their friendship. Like a lifelong her oldest friend, basically, she had to cut ties.
1: And so she is like peak into Scientology right now. I also, before we start, want to go over this quick Name breakdown, because this does get confusing. Sherry is her lifelong friend from Scientology she met at Sea Orgs. Shannon is her little sister who was like a baby in a crib in Sea Orgs. Shelley Miskovich is the wife of the leader of Scientology. And then you're gonna meet Shane, who is her handler. Yes. So that's gonna get confused. Sherry, Shannon, Shelley and Shane. <laughs> They love the sh- sound. Scientology. I think like that's just a coincidence that somebody made God, I guess, the real religion, <laughs> God, did to fuck over our podcast, I think. Okay. The actual L. Ron Hubbard. So at this point, she is a bona fide celeb in the eyes of Scientology. And where we get started with is that in Scientology, the most important thing is a celebrity culture. They are obsessed with celebrities because, I mean, their whole. Idea is that if you follow our ideology, you will become successful. And so these visible people of success are like important for the PR of Scientology. And I think it's interesting to compare with, she talks about there's like a very famous hedge fund billionaire obviously they're famous within Scientology they're like oh look this famous successful Scientology family I had never heard of them so it really is Scientology is more interested in the celebrity because I think name recognition Mm -hmm. I mean we only know about Scientology because of all the celebrities exactly so she becomes a celebrity and immediately she is allowed to hang out at the celebrity clubhouse in LA and she gets this handler Shane Woodruff who is like her liaison to the church every famous person has like personal check-in person, like a manager for Scientology.
0: And they're like a person who sort of manages their appearances for various Scientology-related events, sort of helps keep them on track, sort of keeps them happy also. Yeah, so she says, as a celebrity Scientologist, you're expected to be an example not only to the outside
1: world, but also to the other Scientologists. Uh, Moving up the bridge is important and setting an example for the group, and so is donating money, a lot of money. I donated millions of dollars over my life to the church to help set an example. So she gets right into it and starts talking about the IAS, which is is a group found in the 80s. The International Association of Scientology, and this is basically the fundraising arm of the church, and she says, so you have to be studying Scientology every day. She was going every day. Every day she left the center, she was like harangued by an IAS member being like, what have you done lately? What have you given to lately? They're asking her for money literally every day. And she says, pretty quickly after the show or starts, she gives her first big donation of $1 million. And I find this interesting, because the way they got this out of her was they show up at her house... And they have pictures of anti-Semitic Nazi propaganda. And they go, what they did to the Jews in Germany during World War II, they are now doing to Scientologists. They go, they're making Scientologists wear armbands. They're saying it's not a real religion. As a Jewish woman, you have to help put a stop to it. Donate money. So she gives $1 million. Jesus Christ. Which is funny, I think, because the reason they're putting a stop to Scientology was not the anti-Semitic. It was because because of Nazism, it's because Germany has a lot of strict, like, no cult laws and no hatred. And so it's funny because they weren't like, the Scientologists are being treated like Jews. They're like, the Scientologists (laughs) are being treated like Nazis. (laughs) But what is important about the million dollar donation is it makes her good enough to be friends with Tom Cruise. So one day after she gives the one million dollars, she's basically told, like, hey, Tom is in the president's office. And she's like, "Okay, should I leave the building? (laughs) And they go, no, you're allowed to go. And literally what she goes, she's like, she didn't know what to do. She was so overwhelmed. She goes, I asked if I should pretend I didn't see him. I honestly didn't know how to act.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, but it's Tom fucking Cruise. I guess that is the exact point is if you say that with a different intonation, that's how they're seeing it. It's Tom fucking Cruz. <laughs> There's nobody on this planet where I'd be like, should I pretend I don't see? Th-? I guess that homeless people, I <laughs> sometimes I'm like, <laughs> should I divert my eye? I get that. Like when I was an intern at DreamWorks, I was in the same room as Angelina Jolie one time. And I was like, we're not equals in this room. I shouldn't even be in here, I don't think. But I was like told to come in here and I like don't like, does she need a footstool? like, what do I do? And so I feel like she didn't know if she was in there as, like, someone to fetch tea or as a fellow celebrity. Do you know what I mean? Yes. They I guess just if need I had a- ever
1: given a million dollars to anything, I'd be like, yeah, I'm looking
0: everybody in the eyes now. Yeah, They don't look at me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you want to tell them your Tom Cruise gossip from being from your hometown?
0: Oh, my God. He is gay as the day is long. Um, tell, tell them how you know that. Is the day long as February? Is there? <laughs> he is as gay as the day is long on the summer solstice. <laughs> <laughs> the longest day of the year. The gay Man alive. <laughs> and I'd like to also um, point out that within Scientology, being gay is a literal overt. Crime. Yeah. And It means you're a downtone person, that yeah. you're like a bad human. It's like a perversion. It is like explicitly in- incorrect to be gay in Scientology. And it's also explicitly incorrect to be gay in the action movie universe. That so is
1: true.
0: I lived in the north suburbs of Chicago and. Risky Business was filmed in Highland Park. We knew someone who used to own that house when they filmed there. Apparently, Tom Cruise was out gay. Like he they would film, they would party at night, like he had a boyfriend who would come to set, like he was gay. And then right before Risky Business came out, he started getting like action opportunities and they just flipped the fucking script. They were like he is the straightest, best hover down from the rooftop, Mission impossible of all time. You think being straight is impossible? We'll show you a Mission Impossible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So he's gay, and I do think that's important to know. But basically, so since she's given the $1 million, she is now allowed in this like elite group of celebrities that gets to be in Tom's Scientology entourage. Yes. The celebrities include Earthlink founder Sky Dayton, Marisol Nichols, Ethan Soupley, I don't know these people, Jenna and Bodie Elfman. But she goes noticeably absent from the chosen few were Kirstie Alley and John Travolta. I had heard that Tom didn't like them. Why do you think Tom Cruise doesn't like Kirstie Alley and John Travolta?
0: When I first read it, I forgot that Tom Cruise was annoying, and I was going to say maybe Kirstie Alley and John Travolta are like extremely annoying, which I believe they are. But I I also think all can
1: be true. Yeah,
0: I think annoying sees annoying and hates it more. Like you can't have like three whiny lunatics in one room. Clamoring for attention. Okay. Oh my God. Wait, I have to say something.
1: Yeah. Reading this book brought me to John Travolta's daughter's Instagram. How's that? Tough. Ella Travolta, if you told me she was a robot being controlled by David Miskovich, I believe you. There's something so dead in her eyes. She also just seems like a regular girl from the suburbs. Like she doesn't look like a celebrity's daughter, but she. Has the deadness of somebody from Hollywood. It's bizarre. I
0: will also say this week I did actually see some potential content about John Travolta having left the Church of Scientology, but there's nothing confirmed.
1: So now that she has given a million dollars, she's allowed to be friends with Tom Cruise. The first time they ever that she ever goes over to his house, Tom Cruise wants Leah Remney's husband, Angelo to give him salsa lessons and they call up like one, and they're like, can you come over right now? And Leah's like, no, we're kind of busy. But the church is like, no, make it go right. And she's like, oh, okay, I better do this. So she drags her husband over. They get there and they get some weird bullshit. Like we'll make it snappy. I think she's also pregnant
0: with her first daughter at this time.
1: Yeah. They are told it doesn't matter. You could be giving birth, but if Tom wants you to hang out, you have to go hang out. So they go over and who is there, but, Katie Holmes it's the first time she meets Katie Holmes yeah she says they're all over each other
0: and I want to also point out that like yes she became friends with Tom Cruise but I don't think she ever became friends with Tom Cruise no. like she was summoned to have her husband teach salsa like she gets like you're like brought to, to, to court home. like the
1: way that just like you uh, you do an appearance or you entertain yeah. the court or whatever like you're brought into his purview at his request To, like, dance for him, basically. Literally in this situation, to dance for him. Yes. So they go over to teach Tom and Katie at a salsa. And weirdly enough, there's two Sea Org people there. And immediately, Leah's like, I think it's weird that they're there. One is named Tommy Davis, who is a famous mother. And then the other is this daughter, Jessica, who's the daughter of the billionaire. Hedge fundist. And she's like, they're really not supposed to just be here hanging out. They shouldn't just be fraternizing with normal parishioners. Right, because they
0: are like you said, C-Org members, which means that they're like church staff, basically. Like, they're not just...
1: Yeah, they're supposed to be like out there spreading the word actively. Yeah. And when Leah's like, why are you guys just hanging out and eating dinner with Tom? She's like, we're here on official business. This is our job. And Leah's like, "Mm, I don't think it is. So she gets a little bit of a runaround. So she's just watching her husband teach this couple like a date night lesson. And then there's two Sea Org members in the corner just watching.
0: I will say, seems a little bit like a gay dude trying to convince people he wants to lick a woman. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, Angelo, you sexy man. Why don't you teach my wife how to be sexy like you are? (laughs) And yeah, and this is the first um time they're not even publicly dating yet they're just like first seeing each other at this point
1: so then she becomes like a regular guest of tom cruise she's seen it's allowed and she,
0: she says, is summoned to his house for dinner parties and such
1: and it is bizarre she talks about one time uh i came to think of him as a big kid with his loud laugh high energy and goofy ideas of fun like when he invited some scientologists and a few other celebrities like will smith's wife jada pinkett smith to his house and announced that he wanted to play hide and seek At first, I thought he was joking, but no. He wanted to play hide-and-seek. So he is bizarre. He's never told no. Leah's like, I don't want to play hide-and-seek. I'm wearing stilettos, and I'm an adult woman. And she's told, like, we do what Tom says. You better freaking get ready to play hide-and-seek.
0: But then there's other
1: times... Where things are bad. And so she tells a story where one day Tom decides after dinner he wants to make cookies. So the assistant runs and gets cookie dough and leaves it in the kitchen. And he goes in and doesn't see it even though it's like right on the kitchen island. And apparently he just like starts screaming at the assistant like, what is wrong with you? Like you're idiots, you're, you're DBs, which are a degraded being, which is like a bad term in Scientology. And then apparently he goes, LRH is here with his hand I, me and David Miskovich are here and you are down here. Like you're way beneath me. And it's just going off at of these assistants who are like sitting there trembling like in tears because they don't know what to do because he's like, well, I said I wanted a cookie dough. No! And he's like, it's just, and finally Leo's like, I think it might be right there. And then he was like, oh, okay. Okay. And it's over.
0: Yeah. And I, okay. So there's a couple things I want to point out about this scenario because reading it was shocking because first of all, As a general rule, I think any adult who screams at another adult is psychotic. Like, it's so bizarre to me. Like, whenever people get yelled at in the workplace or wherever, I'm just like, what the fuck is happening here? Second of all, we learned last week a lot of Scientology is about, like, one of the things that first attracted Leah and her family to Scientology is the, like clearing of your reactive mind to not overreact in scenarios. Like one of the things she was most excited about is like coming from a family where her dad would flip out for no reason. She liked the way Scientology was about like processing your feelings in a way that isn't,
1: well, so I should think you say that because it's like not about processing your feelings. It's about ridding yourself of negativity. Uh, yeah, it's about ridding so that's yourself what's of weird, negativity. I like, therapy is about like processing your feelings, but this is this idea that if you say a bad thing out loud, then it's gone. So, like, there's like, but, right. it, but the, idea, the theory is but that you're able idea, to control yourself. But it's so funny because I think one of the reasons it doesn't work at all is because they don't actually do any work.
0: But what I'm saying is the whole, literally, the whole like ethos of Scientology is clearing your reactive mind. Yeah. So the fact that you can overreact about, cookies at an assistant at an assistant is fucking beyond Looney Tunes. Third of all, the third point that I want to make is that she also mentions the way that a lot of uber famous celebrities, there's like sort of this theory that celebrities sort of stop developing at the age at which they become famous which for Tom Cruise was 21 and I do not think that this is an appropriate way for a 21 year old to behave I'm really trying to think of what an appropriate I think at two or three
1: you go well they're two or three
0: yeah I think that like to have like a tantrum because your feelings are too big for your little body like after kindergarten you really need to cut it out I think that's like this isn't
1: an immaturity thing, because she's like, "Oh, he's just a big kid. He wants to play hide and seek. He wants to learn tango. He wants to make out with his girlfriend." This is not an immaturity problem. This is a learned behavior that you are better than other people, as he explicitly says to the assistant. It is like right. a religious belief that you are a superior person.
0: And as we'll see, this starts to chip away at her understanding of Scientology because within Scientology there are there's like LRH. Elron Hubbard, the king of Scientology. Then there's, like, the current head of Scientology, David Miscavige, and, like, Sea Org members. And then all parishioners are supposed to be viewed as equal. And, like, working up the bridge. Working up the bridge together. But, like, meanwhile, like, she's at Tom Cruise's house watching him, like, flip the fuck out with two church liaisons who are by his side twenty four seven, it's just like what the fuck is happening here? And then, and it
1: doesn't stop there. So next, he does that Oprah incident, which I'm sure a lot of people remember if you were old enough to experience it. When he started dating Kitty Holmes, he like goes on Oprah and starts jumping on the couch about how much he loves that woman. Mm-hmm. And Leah Remini is horrified, and she says like she's like this is an inappropriate behavior. Like, why is he allowed to act like this? And then. He, like, goes on this rant against Brooke Shields publicly because she came out and said that she had postpartum depression and she took antidepressants to help her through it.
0: And Scientologists are not one with medication. They think that you should be able to clear everything with Scientology and you shouldn't need, like, medicine to do so.
1: And he came out and was like, said really awful stuff about her. Basically called her like weak minded. She was like, oh my god, this is terrible. And when she went to the church with it, they were like, he's up tone. If you don't understand, then that means you're downtone. And she was like, who's wrong
0: here? But she said the church idolized him after he went on that rant against Brooke Shields on the Today Show. They held a giant event basically to celebrate because they believed antidepressants and like psychology medications to be down a certain percent. 500%. And they were like Tom Cruise like basically ended big so, psychi- pharma.
1: <laughs> they said Tom had single-handedly taken down the psychiatric profession. Then she's like I guess I was wrong.
0: She went out and like doubled down on Tom's. She said basically Someone who feels that way and like can't control it themselves, like without medication, shouldn't be trusted around children. And Leah was like, I felt that way too, but I didn't need a pill to fix it. Really awful stuff. Like she
1: noticed that these cracks were happening and she thought I was bizarre. Mm-hmm. But she just assumes she's wrong and she buys into the church. Surrey is born. Surrey is like this huge deal. I mean, it's very interesting. Surrey is born out of wedlock, which is definitely against Scientology. Mm-hmm. Nobody questions it. That's just like par for the course. It's different with Tom. Here's where things take a turn. Yes. So Suri is born and then Tom and Katie decide to get married. They come up to Leah. They tell her in person. Leah is friends with J-Lo and Mark Anthony who are married at this time. Yes. Apparently Tom and goes up to Katie and goes, I think it would be really cool for J-Lo and Mark to go to the wedding. And Leah's like, totally invite them. And they are like, we thought you could. Yeah. And Leah's like, what do you mean? And they are like, could you ask
0: J-Lo if she wants to come since she's your friend? So she had invited um, J-Lo and Mark Anthony to come to dinner at Tom Cruise's house before with Katie and sort of was like, oh, Katie must just be like a huge J-Lo fan. And it turns out they just kind of like wanted them there for dinner. Well, but I do think it's important to note that JLo's dad is actually a Scientologist. Yes. So she is like very forgiving
1: of all of this weird shit. And we'll talk theory afterwards, but I do... I also wonder think, if they thought they could get J. Lo into the church. I
0: bet you they thought they could get J. Lo, but I also bet you the reason J. Lo wasn't like, what the fuck? This is so damn weird. was because she was very closely associated with Scientology already. Yeah. So basically she's like,
1: well, is there going to be an invitation? And Leah's like, no, they're just chartering a chat if you want to go. So they all get to Italy. And here's when things get kooky spooky. It is November 2006. I can feel it already. It is the wedding of the G.D. Sench. (laughs) (laughs) That means goddamn century. I knew. (laughs) You knew. (laughs) Listeners know. They charter a giant private plane, fill it to the brim with every celebrity they can think of, and fly their asses out to Rome. And some Scientologists. Some high-level high Scientologists. Yeah. So let's start with the rehearsal dinner, which I guess is like the welcome dinner. They're in some romantic, beautiful Italian restaurant with full-on Italians... Serving.
0: Rehearsing how to fuck with Leah Remini. Yeah. (laughs) This
1: was was all a a ruse. So she goes to this dinner. She says there's 150 celebrities. We're talking Will and Jada, Victoria and David Beckham, Jim Carrey and Jenny McCarthy, RIP to their love, their anti-vax love. They bonded over hating autism and loving polio.
0: Just to be clear, not all of these people are Scientologists. They are all people that Scientology invited to make it look like they're associating with Scientology. Yeah, so exactly. Also, they're Brooke Shields and her husband. How the fuck did... What do you think they did to Brooke Shields and her husband to get them to come they to mustn't. I mean,
1: I, they offered them an all expenses paid, private flight to Italy, where they would pay for, like, the fanciest Italy vacation. It, to
0: me, would not be worth it. If someone came after me... The That's way Tom what Cruise, I mean, is what the fuck do you think? I bet it was more than that. You think they paid her off, literally? Leah claims that Scientology did not create her career, but... You can see the way that Tom Cruise's connections can end a career. And I wonder if they were like, we'll fucking ruin you if you don't play along. So they're in this old Italian place. And Liam points out
1: how bizarre it is that they're right on the street and nothing's blocking it off. So there's like no security stopping paparazzi because this really is... The wedding is a PR move on behalf of Scientology. And it's exactly what Ashley said. They invited all the most famous people they could find so that they could legitimize Scientology and be like, look at all these famous people who will associate with it by going to this wedding. They're hoping to turn some people into Scientologists, and they're also hoping to get the word out by mm-hmm. getting decking the hall. So they let paparazzi in, basically. So she is sitting across from Jessica
0: and Tommy, Tom's handlers. Yes. They're getting... Nasty, And they're also, we didn't say this earlier, they are both married to not each other. They're both in relationships with other people and neither of their significant others is there and they are hamming it up together to the point where like she introduced JLo lo and was like, oh, this is Tommy and Jessica. And J-Lo was like, oh, how long have you guys been together? And Leah, because she truly, truly believes in Scientology is like flipping the fuck out that these Sea Org members are breaking the rules. And then on top of that... David Miskovich is there, the head of the whole church.
1: He's not sitting next to his wife, Shelly, who Leah loves. He's sitting next to his assistant, Larissa, who he is also feeling up. And on top of that, he's drinking. And Leah says, it, like Sea Org members are not allowed to drink. It is it bizarre to say. She said it's really like seeing a priest take a tequila shot. It is yeah. bizarre.
0: And... She says, not only are they just, like, not allowed, but, like, most Scientologists overall are just not drinkers because you can't be drinking under so many different circumstances of Scientology. So Leah is upset. Jessica and Tommy
1: are trying really hard to move in on j and Mar. She hears a baby crying in the bathroom. She goes in to check on it, and it's Suri. And she says Suri is just lying on the ground crying. She's, like, a six-month-old baby at this point. And the adult women stand- standing around him are just going, Suri, 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 stop crying. <laughs> And Leah's like, what the fuck are you doing? This is a baby. You have to pick her up. You have to feed her. And she's like, get her a bottle. And they're like, how? And they're like, this is a restaurant. Have them heat up some milk and give the baby some milk. So she feeds the baby, rocks it, gets it to stop crying. And then the women are like, thank you. Like, you can leave. So she goes back outside. She's horrified at what she says. She said they like, treated this baby like the Messiah, basically. Like, yeah. It was like L. Ron Hubbard. Like a Messiah
0: el- that they also don't want to hold.
1: Yeah, that they don't know <laughs> what to do with. Um, as we talked about, they have a weird thing about children, about how to raise children. They don't know about soothing or being nice or loving. Um, they just go, sorry, sorry. (laughs) So she goes back out. She goes to sit. Jessica has taken over her seat is now trying to like get in good with JLo and Leah's like freaking out about to cry. And she's like, I just need to get my phone and get out of here. And she can't find her phone yes she's freaking out she's like where's my phone she's feeling around just like get out of here she's like what do you want to do next and leah's like i want to punch you in the face so yes. she can't find her phone she runs out of the restaurant jessica's like you want to punch me and she's like yes i do mark anthony comes out and goes oh leah leah it was me i took your phone it was just a joke leah doesn't believe this leah thinks i don't believe it either leah thinks that they gave him the phone and said go calm leah down she's like all riled up just tell her it was a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. I believe that. I think Leah's right about that. And so she leaves and that's the night and she's like deeply upset and she goes home, calls her mom in tears and is like, when I get home, I have to fix the church. The church is broken. These people who are leaving are not doing what they're going to, they're doing right. I have to create all these knowledge
0: reports to get everything back on track. Yes. So Leah really believes she's flipping out, but she believes it to be corrupt leadership at this point.
1: So then on the following days, She's mostly hanging out with j and Mark Anthony because those are like their couple of friends. Plus and-
0: J-Lo and Mark Anthony are there as kind of Leah's guests. and Angelo's yes. plus two. Like they don't know. They're not yeah. friends with anyone else there.
1: One of the things Leah does is they wanted to get ready together on the day of the wedding. And so Leah needed a room big enough for both of them to get ready with their assistants and stuff. So she upgrades to a bigger room, pays for it herself. It shouldn't be a big... The Scientologist, the church is obsessed with separating them. Anytime there's an event, they don't want Leah to sit with J-Lo. They don't want Leah to drive with JLo. And when Leah goes and says, no, I want to sit with my friend, they're like, Leah, you're being difficult. You're not doing anything good for the church. You're freaking out. And JLo goes, wait, can we sit together? And they go, oh, yeah. sorry, there was a misunderstanding. I think somebody must have put your name separately. But yeah, of course, it. So like, they're never rude to J-Lo. They're like screaming at Leah. The weirdest thing Leah says is one night they all go out. They party with all these other A-listers. They get home at like 4 a.m., uh, Angelo and Leah are like having a nightcap with J Lo and Mark in their hotel room. At 4 a.m., they go back up to their own room. And J Lo tells them the next day that the minute Leah and Angelo left, Katie and Tom knocked on their door to see if they wanted to go for a walk by the beach. And Leah was like, the fact that they waited till the minute I was gone, it feels like I was being watched. And i like, more than that, this is their wedding. Can you imagine having to stay up till 4 a.m. to hang out with people you don't know at your own fucking wedding? Finally, it's the day of the wedding. Leah wants to leave with J-Lo. There's like all these vans that they rented to go to the church, which is an hour outside of Rome. Uh, They're like, Leah, you have to go with the van. And Leah's like, no, I'm going with J-Lo. And J-Lo's like, what's the problem? And Leah has this weird thing where she doesn't ever really want to tell J-Lo what's going on because she wants to keep, she doesn't want her to know that like Scientology is like a freak cult. So she's like, there's no problem. There's no problem. But meanwhile, they're not listening to Leah. They only listen to J-Lo. J-Lo's like, I can't go until my security team, approves of the venue which is God to be
0: that famous that you can't Ugh. go until your
1: security team approves bizarre.
0: But so especially when it's Tom Cruise's wedding and it's like, I'm pretty sure they've secured the venue. <laughs> and so they go and they're late and that's
1: a big deal. They get to the wedding and I want to talk a little bit about this wedding. She gets to the wedding and I guess she rips her dress and is scurried away to a room in the church where there's 10 in-house Armani seamstresses. They're ready to fix up anybody's dress I have not been to many weddings. Is that a common problem that people's dresses rip a lot?
0: I will say I have um, learned when you're like doing something fancy to have a safety pin around, but I will say a safety pin is different than 10
1: Armani seamstresses.
0: Okay. Well, you tell that to my safety pins. <laughs> you're going to really hurt. Like how feeling. many do
1: people rip their dresses a lot? Like I understand putting flip-flops in the bathroom for the ladies who don't want to dance in heels anymore. But are people, like, often ripping dresses? Uh, I guess Leah did. I guess, well, yeah, Leah, that dumb bitch. <laughs> so we hear, so she goes in. They have, like, a room with a fireplace where all the guests are drinking champagne. Or She goes up to Tommy mm-hmm. and says, where is Shelly Miskovich? It's weird that David is here without his wife. Right? I haven't seen her in years. And she gets the weirdest answers. They're like, you aren't high-ranking enough to be asking that. Like, how dare you even ask? And she's like, what? And So she's like, well, what the hell is going on here? So they go to the wedding
0: also I want to say that they were late which was rude but also the wedding started very late yeah they were sitting down and then they
1: waited 20 minutes before the wedding started yeah and then, but Leah says that for the 20 minutes they were waiting for Katie to come down the aisle Tom is just there smiling like a buffoon <laughs> like what a <laughs> creepo like stop smiling your wife might have just ditched you yeah so, and I would not have blamed her man they come out of the wedding out of the church part and they have the reception line katie is hugging everybody katie and tom are welcoming everybody they skip leah and angelo yes so then they go to the party i will say at the party they have andrea botticelli singing they have mark ronson djing can you how the fuck old is mark ronson i feel like
0: he's been around for ages
1: yeah. Also, I didn't know he was like that famous. Do you know he's Samantha Ronson's brother? I was just going to bring that up, but I didn't know if it was relevant. Do you remember when Samantha Ronson dated
0: Lindsay Lohan? Of course I do. Anyway. And then also at this wedding reception, it's like another fucking shit show where all of these pretty against the rules things are happening again. Tom and Jessica are Mack and hard. David Miscavige is flirting with his um, assistant and they're getting pretty handsy. All these high ranking Scientology Leaders are drinking. Norman Starkey, who is like
1: waited on L. Ron Hubbard himself, who's a, one of the highest ranking C-Org members. I think he married Tom and Katie, was apparently groping
0: Brooke Shields on the dance floor. I mean, it is just... I just like, leave Brooke Shields alone. <laughs> and Leah is having like a full-on mental breakdown seeing all of this. And I do get it because, I mean, my ex-boyfriend, he had like been raised super, super into like Christianity. He was like super into God and stuff. And I remember him telling me about like when he realized that that like probably wasn't a thing and like having to come to terms with like, like I've just never believed in anything like that to have like the ground ripped out from under me. Like I, I just can't imagine it. And like the way he described it was like exactly the way Leah is describing in this book. Like you're confused. You're scared. Like everything that her life is built around, she is seeing it fall to pieces. All because of Tom, motherfucking Cruz. They still have a
1: great time though at the party.
0: It was a great party. <laughs> of course um, it was. And so they
1: leave late at night. It's the four of them, of course. And she gets a call from Jessica and they're like, Where are you? Come back. The party's not over. And Leah's like, No, we're leaving. We're like 45 minutes into the car ride. Like we're exhausted. We had fun. Thank you for having us. And she's like, Let me talk to Jennifer. And so JLo takes the phone. And Jessica's like, hi, Jen, we would love for you to come back. And she was like, you know, we had a great time. Like, everybody was gone. We didn't see anybody. It seemed like the party was over. And they're like, she goes, no, we just went into the kitchen to make pizzas because people got hungry. What? That was the craziest thing to me in this whole book. At Tom and Katie's wedding, where you had Andrea Botticelli
0: singing to you. There wasn't enough food. <laughs> like the bride had to go make everybody pizza in Italy. The br- Katie Holmes had to make pizza. I will say I see how that could be like a fun end to the night. Like there's like not that many people left and you guys all just like have free range of this fun little kitchen and you're like making snacks.
1: Yeah, because it's the end of the night. Yeah. But so they left, and they're like, no, we're not going. And they were freaking pissed. They got so mad, yeah. So now there's, like, I mean, they can't believe they didn't go. And this is another thing I can't figure out. Why did they care? Like, why did they need them back? I really do think, and here's my theory, because JLo's los father was a Scientologist, I think they saw her as the weakest link. Mm-hmm. I think that they really thought they could get J-Lo in the fold. And this was like the beginning. Leah talks about how she was never much of a proselytizer. Yeah. I think they were mad at her about that. And then they were like, well, if we can't get Leah to convert her, we need to get J-Lo alone so somebody else can. The fact that Leah wasn't allowing that to happen, it was like she had one duty, and it was to bring J-Lo into Scientology, and they couldn't get it done. Yeah. Thank God she didn't say later. Maybe they would have drugged her. I mean, what was in those pizzas? (laughs) Scientology juice. So Leah is deeply upset by everything she says. She decides when she gets home, she's going to write everything up and she's like, I'm going to save Scientology because clearly there's all these corrupt people at the top. She doesn't understand what's happening. Yes. Here's what I want to say that I realized rereading this. Mm -hmm. You know what's really fucked up? What? I bet she paid for this wedding. Leah? Yeah. Like her donations probably went to... There's. It dawned on me that one hundred percent Scientology paid for this wedding. That yeah. this was a church-sanctioned event, a hundred percent to spread the gospel. It was like a trip to Africa. You know how those Christians. It was a gala. It was like a. It was, but I think even more than a gala, I think it was like those um, mission. Yeah, it was like a missionary-style party. Interesting, and. She paid for, I mean, there's not a doubt in my head that Tom Cruise did not pay for $1 of
0: it. No way. I mean, I'm sure in the way that he has probably donated zillions to Scientology. I
1: wonder how much he's donated at this point.
0: I think a lot. I wonder if he still to this day donates though. I don't know. I will say I think that he has like an obscene amount of money. Where like, yeah, he, if he has a ten million, like, million dollars. This is like not a big deal. Like a recurring million dollar donation. The way that like I've set up recurring twenty five dollar donations. Like it's probably the same. <laughs> she's like, I get
1: on the charter plane with everybody else, and everyone is looking at me like I'm the devil. Like nobody will make eye contact. Everybody, nobody will speak to me. Everybody's mad. She sees Tom Cruise's two children, Bella and Connor, and that she's like, "How are your? How's your mom?" And apparently Isabella goes, "She's an sp.
0: I fucking hate her." <laughs> That is insane. I wonder, I guess I wonder, like, what was the narrative spread about Leah? Because she basically says that she was, like, standing in the corner panicking this whole time, seeing all this shit unfold. But I wonder if she really made a scene. Well, I think when she's going to fucking punch you in the face,
1: I do think when she, like, refused to go in the van. Yeah. And it does seem like Tom and Katie clearly personally had a stake in converting j Like, I do think there was a target on J-Lo the way there wasn't on Posh and Bex. Yeah.
0: Because Posh and Bex were, like, just there for show because they were, like, a hot couple at the time. And, t- like, J-Lo, they thought... They-
1: I do think it is important that her father is a Scientologist. and for the- I agree. I think they really thought they could get her. Also, Will and Jada were there. And, like, they have a very complicated relationship with Scientology that we'll get into on our Patreon.
0: Yeah. It because is- it's
1: very, like, they won't claim it. But there's all these implications that they are. And I know after this book, there was a big fallout where they were, like, don't you dare imply we're... Scientologists.
0: Yeah, which makes it seem like they are. Anyway, doth protest a bit. And I do remember Will on in an interview saying
1: 98% of Scientology and Christianity is the same. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in that it doesn't work and it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in that sometimes there's a boat. <laughs> so she gets home and she decides she's going to save Scientology by writing up all of the things she saw about the officials. And yes. as she says, although I didn't know it at the time, those who write up top officials are usually intimidated to recanting or wind up being declared suppressive persons. Yeah. Leah, I don't know what you thought. You can't talk shit about the owner of a company.
0: Yeah. It's like HR, like HR does not exist to protect you. HR exists to protect a corporation. God
1: bless her. I mean, she <laughs> does liter- later say it was stupid. Like, she recognizes that they're crazy, but she's stupid. She happened to simultaneously be going to Clearwater anyway to go to Flag to start doing her OT level sevens, mm-hmm. um, which was going to take six to eight weeks. Right. And so she was on hiatus from Can- Queens. She took her whole family down to Clearwater. So if the wedding was in November, this is now... Six to eight months later, she's going down. Yes. And so she writes up all these knowledge reports. She's going down there anyway during the summer. And they call her up and they say, hey, Leah, we want you to come down early. And she goes, am I in trouble? And they go, no. That's not true. They bring her in and they decide to do what is called a sec check. So a sex check is when somebody writes all these knowledge reports about you and they have to go through them all. So after the wedding, it turns out everybody at the wedding had written all these reports about... Leah. Leah. So they go through and they go, what have you done to Tom? Do you have evil intentions towards Tom? Do you have sexual intentions towards Tom? What have you done to Katie? She goes, it was understood that the only reason I was saying those things about such high-level Scientologists was because I myself was guilty of the same crimes. We talked about this before, that they have that idea of being critical, is that nothing you say about another person is unsure about yourself. And we talked about how when audits... They really put it back on you. So they said, well, you're a cheater, a liar, and a home wrecker. I was told over and over. Well, yes, this was true. All true. I was a liar, a cheater, but that didn't change the facts that so were they. And they were violating the Sea Org policy and LRH policy. And so then they go, the only way you can be done is to, like, or can't everything and agree. She won't do it. So they do something called the Truth Rundown, where the auditor looks at all the reports you have ever written, all the reports written by others about you and all of the notes from your auditing. So for example, if I said Tom Cruise is an asshole and I think he's damaging Scientology, the auditor would say, let's go to the earliest time you ever saw Tom being an asshole. And I'd say in 2004, I saw him at a party and he ignored the guy who handed him water. Okay, so what was the earliest time you saw Tom being an asshole? Right, right before you saw Tom being an asshole, what overt did you commit? In response to that question, I would have to find something that I did wrong. And then they move on. (sighs) <sighs> she, and she goes and then they go was there an evil purpose a destructive intention that prompted you to commit that over they keep doing this until they basically break you down
0: i mean she was doing this like basically these like recalling earliest memories to justify all of these claims and all of these situations all day every day for six weeks they held her for months um and it worked she started to crack she says that at one point like, when she was, like, still kind of holding strong, really trying to, like, stick with, like, what she believed, they turned off the cameras, turned off the recordings, and said to her, answer the fucking questions, and let's finish this shit. Like, they were like, why are you not understanding how this works? And that is why I believe her fatal flaw is that she genuinely believed in Scientology. Like, I don't think that any of these other people, like, truly, truly believe in the way that she believed. I think obviously some people do like the people who are like putting their entire family into debt for this, but a lot of the people up top, there's no way they genuinely feel this way. It's more of like, this is what we're supposed to do. This is how things have to, and that's why this is the choice I've made about how to live my life. I've chosen to live in this like weird set of rules. And so that's why them like Tommy and Jessica hooking up, like didn't feel like an earth shattering thing. Cause they're like, like obviously we all live by a certain moral code and then you're just kind of like, well, I'll get as close as I can. And they were kind of doing that. Whereas Leah was like, this is the gospel, and why am I the only one who believes that? She thought she could fix Scientology.
1: She thought the church was good, the people were bad. Yeah. But so they break her. They finally break her, and then she has to apologize and like offset her transgressions. So like because she had been rude at the party, she had to buy all of these Emily Post books for the library at Flag, which is so funny to me. It's so
0: funny. And then
1: like she had to send everybody like letters of apology to wedding guests like J.J. J. Abrams for being rude. She had to... Uh, she had to spend $2,000 on framing the invitation and other mementos from the crew's wedding in a picture box for Katie, which I sent along with a note that said, I'm so sorry that I destroyed your wedding. Katie responded with the text, just handle it with your MAA, who's the person who handles the. Truth rundown.
0: Also, like other people were mad, like Tom's agent who was there. Leah had to like call and apologize to him, and he said, "You are probably one of the most classless people I've ever met." Like, and he's obviously like he's Tom Cruise's fucking agent, so he's. This is what leads me to believe that they threatened Brooke Shields with hurting her career because if you have Tom Cruise's agent like shaming Leah for whatever, like yeah. on the side of whatever this is, it's even sound like it was there. Yeah, so I I think that like whatever version they twisted, that's what I I really want to know how she ruined the wedding. Like I would love to hear another side of the story. I think Tom seems so crazy and so into Scientology.
1: She tells a story later about how Tom had a long-term personal assistant for 10 years who was also a Scientologist. And when she had a baby, she wanted to stop being his assistant and take some time to spend time with her baby. She basically wanted to take maternity leave. And they sex checked her so hard that she lost her house. But that she left, when she got through it, she was proud of it, of how much money she had spent. Because she was like, I was able to leave Tom in good standing with the church. I mean, she lost her house. yeah. But then because she had gone through the whole thing and they forgave her and she paid her, offset her transgression, she was like, I'm still a good Scientologist. And now I get to be with my baby and nobody hates me. And Tom Cruise still likes me. Tom Cruise is an asshole. Clearly. And then the other punishment is that she's no longer allowed to be on the OT levels. She's like yeah. kicked off the bridge and she's no longer a train to be hi- allowed to train to be she's hired and she has to become an auditor. Yeah. She also has to spend $300,000 for all the times she spent at Flag that summer. Yeah. In addition to the gifts. The weird thing she got in trouble for too were like apparently a lot of them were written up by Katie. Mm-hmm. It was like, She was rude. She was disorderly. Some of them were just straight up untrue. They said she was drunk on the plane ride and she doesn't really drink because she's like I didn't touch a drink. Yeah. But they
0: said that she stole Brooke Shields' room which again is like what is her obsession with Brooke Shields? I don't fucking know. Yeah, they were, like, really upset that she had changed hotel rooms from the one that Scientology organized to upgrading her room so that she, like, had room to hang out with J-Lo, even though she paid for it herself. Like, they basically said she was ungrateful. And they were like, she's like, what should I be grateful for? And they were like, you're invited to this, like, wedding of the century. G.D. Sench. Yeah. The wedding of the
1: G.D. Sench. So she goes back home... <laughs> And what happens next is she is like on the outs of Scientology, but she still she feels like she paid her due. She's hoping to get back in. She kind of lets it go. Then what happens is there's a BBC report, and some reporter wants to do a documentary about Scientology. And as a way to try to get back in good with the church, she offers to be one of the celebrity representatives. It's like her, Christy Alley, uh, Juliette Lewis. And this is where we learn about Scientology fair game. They like prep her, and they're like, remember, whatever he asks you, dead agent the question. And she goes, in Scientology, you're taught about this method called dead agenting, which is whenever somebody asks you a question about Scientology, instead of answering the question, you ask them something mean about themselves.
0: Yes. Like being a fucking four-year-old. Um... Like if you said, hey, can you finish your carrots? And I'd say, hey, why is your face so dumb? She talks about how
1: so much of Scientology is built on lies, like that that's in the core belief system of Scientology and that one of the the written rules that supports this is this idea that the higher you get in Scientology, the more you learn about Scientology and that if people are not prepared by Scientology to hear this information, it will literally kill them. So there is this, this value put in place that... Anybody who's not at the level you are in Scientology, you need to lie to them to do what's good for them. Cool. So she's like, there is a big thing in Scientology where there's you're constantly lying. And I'm reminded of the thing she says, Scientology teaches you to be a better Scientologist. Yes. And I have a, a saying for the end of this, but I think this is one of the levels, like that's so much of what protects Scientology is they're never able to like unionize because they're taught even within the ranks. You don't talk about what Scientology is going on. She talks about being in flag and not even telling Angela what was happening in her sex checks because she knew it was so bad and he wasn't that tied to Scientology that if he found out, they would flee. I guess my point is a lot to what you say about how Scientology is supposedly all about holding your shit together and not letting anybody see you sweat. And everybody is so insane and like lashing out all the time. When she's on the plane back from Rome, she talks about how heartbroken she was that nobody would speak to her and how she felt like she had been turned into the villain. And meanwhile, her whole religion was collapsing in front of her eyes. And she's like, but I didn't let Angelo or anybody see how upset I was. I didn't want to cry. I was using my bull baiting techniques to hold it together so that nobody could read. And it's so funny that she seems to only be able to to tap into her Scientology teachings in the time of Scientology. Yeah. Yeah. And it really is. Scientology makes you better, Scientology. Everything she learned about not telling anybody her secrets, not sharing her pain, not verbalizing these abuses was taught to her by Scientology. And that was not a skill she. And any other pain she felt within Scientology. If yeah. she was mad at, at another actor, that actor fucking heard about it. But right. if
0: a, she was mad at Scientology, nobody heard about it. It really only applies to certain people. Like the fact that in her sec check, that person said, let's just fucking get this shit over with. Like, That is like a loss of
1: control. That is. So she's in this BBC reporting and this is where she brings up the phrase fair game. Fair game is a rule in Scientology where they say basically anybody that they think is an SP or a threat to Scientology, you are allowed to do whatever it takes to destroy them. Mm -hmm. The literal quote is they may be deprived of property or injured by any means by any Scientologist without any discipline of the Scientologist. They may be tricked, sued or lied to or destroyed. So they claim that this policy was canceled. Mm-hmm. Unless uh, the person is an SP. But sh- the Scientology to put sermons who's an SP. So they're like, you can't ruin anybody's
0: life unless we think there's somebody whose life should be ruined. Yeah. So this reporter from the BBC the other like officials who are involved in this documentary who are like willing to be interviewed systematically drive him insane. So it's Tommy, the guy we've been talking
1: about and then this other guy, Mike Rinder, who's a really high ranking official who's important and we'll come back later and she goes, I knew that they would be tough on him and like use the dead agenting but she says they bullied him so badly he like left to cry and she acted like they were really mean about his career but then she like casually goes, Tommy bullied him far worse than I could have imagined. He had people follow the reporter even showing up at his hotel room Mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, Okay, so he wasn't just like being like, you're an idiot and we hate you. He was stalking and threatening and scaring this man. She was prepared for any question. What she was not prepared to hear is the first question he asked her is, what do you know about David Miskovich hitting people? And she had never heard anything about that. He goes, yes. apparently, David hits people. This is an accusation that comes back later. I guess she spends the next few years doing everything she can to get back and go with Scientology. She felt like, I guess they cracked her. Then they broke her. And she was like, I guess I am a bad person. Mm-hmm. 2012, Katie and Tom get divorced. She goes, Tom seemed to acknowledge that Katie left because she wanted to protect Surrey from Scientology. It made me wonder whether protecting his church was more important to him than his own daughter. She also thinks it's interesting because now this is his second Scientology wife to leave him and both women should be suppressive persons, Mm -hmm. but he is not asked to cut off his children and his ex-wife the way that everybody else in the world is. And she's like, once again, this is another example of the rules being different for Tom.
0: Exactly. Like other families have been simply shredded. But so the good news for Leah is that
1: they have a rule in Scientology that if somebody has ever written a knowledge report against you and they are deemed a suppressive person, all those reports get expunged. And Leah is like, by the way, not only were all those accounts that Katie wrote about me being rude wrong, everything else I said was true. Tommy and Jessica both divorced their significant others and married each other. That one man, Shakely or whatever, he had been sent home early from the wedding for his inappropriate behavior towards Brooke Shields. Like, yeah, she's like, everything I claimed to happen did in
0: fact happen. I want, I want some restoration. She gets them to agree that she was treated a bit unfairly. There's one part where they go, okay, so I guess I acknowledge that you got some bad auditing. And the fact that bad auditing exists is simply insane because it's like a literal um, device that they claim reads you. So the fact that a non-impartial auditor exists is psychotic.
1: Also, then their answer to her is, so if you want, you can go back down to clear and do it all over again. (laughs) Can you imagine being like, oh yeah, we mistakenly put you through hell for three months Go you back more, <laughs> and so she's like, "Well, I want my money back," and this is like a big deal. They're not, they're not allowed to ask for that. And in addition, she's like, "I still haven't gotten an answer about Shelly Miskovitch's whereabouts." And one of the big things she wasn't allowed to do was like ask above her rank.
0: And so, at this point, it's been six years. Th- at
1: this point in the book, she kind of gets into the financial burden of people's lives, and she's kind of like, "Look, I deserve my three hundred thousand dollars back." And she's like, "By the way, if you could do bad auditing to me, who else have you done bad auditing to?" She's like, she recognizes that she has some power, she has some celebrity, and she has the finances, and she's like. You guys might have just ruined somebody for no fucking reason. And then she's like, Not to mention you are constantly ruining people. She goes, It's fucked up that my family is $250,000 in debt, all of them. The amount of money it takes to become clear or like a top level person is $500,000. And that doesn't even include donations and other things. That's just the classes and the courses. And then she's like, There's all these things that they make you buy. And then re- I guess they keep reprinting versions of the same book and you have to buy the update every time. And she's kind of like catching on to the bullshit. Yeah. She's frustrated that she was proved right. They keep giving her the runaround. They're like really weird about withdrawing Katie's reports. Like every time she asks about it, they're like, oh, yeah, they told us to tell you it's good. And she's like, well, where's the paperwork? They're like, no paperwork needed. And she was like, no paperwork needed. The other thing is she does know her shit. So she can recite LRH back to anybody. So then she gets a call from David Miskovich himself. Because she is getting testy and asking questions and poking around. And she goes into his office and he's like, I just got back from traveling. I don't know what the deal is. What's your problem? And she airs all of her problems. And he goes, okay, I'll look into it. And I mean, part of the problems is like, where's your wife? What do you mean you've been traveling you don't know? She's been missing for seven years at this point.
0: Leah, who is at the Scientology Center like two hours a day, has not seen Shelly in seven years. Like no one has seen or heard from her since I think it was her father's funeral. So then she's like pissed and she has a lot of questions and so
1: she's because they like won't exactly give her her three hundred dollars back and she keeps checking and they keep refusing to take away katie's knowledge reports did you say three (laughs) hundred (laughs) dollars so then she starts doing the most illicit thing you can do
0: meeting with sps yes first up she meets with none other than mike rinder who had since the bbc documentary had
1: gone rogue he'd been a c-org member for 45 years he had been the top of this group for like 15 he had left everybody his family his wife his parents and she's like what's the deal dude and he goes i'll be honest with you i was in the hole and they beat the shit out of you yeah he goes they beat me up i beat them up and she goes but that's against lrh policy he goes no it's not it's written in the policy that if you need to make somebody comply you can hit them and she goes i was stunned and i go Really, Leah? Were you? When you were 12 years old, an adult man threw you into the middle of the ocean and made you think you were going to drown. You're shocked that people can hit? Of course it's written in there. You experience it. You throw somebody into the ocean, if that had been the ground. You don't throw a human being.
0: You don't throw yeah. a child over a boundary and a barrier. That is significantly physical abuse. The Hole is sort of like a prisony y kind of place. So, uh, according to several eyewitness accounts, in The Hole, a set
1: of trailers on Gold Base, International Base, a remote 500-acre compound in Southern California, fallen executives are kept sa- separated humiliated, and often beaten. He had to do things like lick bathroom floors or be doused in cold water, punishments that were so bad that they felt they had no choice but to
0: flee. So she is getting these accounts of high-ranking people who have defaulted. Then
1: she looks into Debbie Cook. Debbie Cook is another high-ranking person. She ran the Sea Orgs, the flag service organization, for like 17 years. And then she left and she sent out this email, this famous New Year's Eve email. She believes in Dianetics and Scientology, but she thinks that it has been ruined by David Miskovich and he's taken it over. She is thrown out, of course. They sue her, which is a mistake because then she went on trial and under oath claims that she had watched in the hole David Miskovich punch people and that for 12 hours she was made to stand in a trash can with a sign that read Lesbo around her neck, which is funny. <laughs> Hilarious. I mean, that's like good old-fashioned bullying. It's funny that they were like... I mean, they had a billion dollars, 42 compounds, and all the brilliant, sicko, fucked up shit of a cult leader. And the best thing they could come up with was (laughs) calling somebody a lesbo and putting them in the literal trash. They're like, you're garbage, so go to where you belong, garbage, (laughs) gay. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I could torture somebody better, and I'm not even
0: a bad person. I, like, genuinely think I have. (laughs) (laughs) I am an older sibling.
1: (laughs) I mean, you just like don't need to put somebody in a place called the hole, which is an international compound to treat somebody the way high school bullies treat people just in a cafeteria. I think Jessica Simpson got bullied worse than that. (laughs) (laughs) But it really is like this is what like jocks do to nerds. Yeah. Like within the eyes of a principal. And they'll be like, don't make us call your mom.
0: (laughs) Gets on the Internet. She she had never Googled Scientology before. (laughs) And it it is, if I can you fucking believe this? Because it is against... It's against the rules of Scientology to consume information about Scientology from sources that are not Scientology... This is what I mean. I could never be so wholly into something like that. I also, you know what my thing is, is
1: I'm nosy. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm like some PhD researcher. Like I'm not, I have no critical thinking. I don't want to know about the fucking universe. But I do like, if I heard that somebody wrote an email about my religious superiors, I'd be like, well, what did I say? I want to know fucking everything. Yes
0: exactly if there's a but I guess it's probably an overt to be a gossip yeah but that don't stop you you know what I mean stopped Leah for quite a minute it didn't stop her from a lot of the other things she did though (laughs) I know she was like listen I will never google Scientology I will fuck all of these married men so then she finally meets with Good old Sherry's brother, Stefan. And he finally gets to tell her the story of what happened, which is that, like... So this is years before where we left off last episode. Sherry had tried to get Leah to meet with her brother, and Leah had to cut Sherry off because of this.
1: So, like, they had taken Tanya kept her at Gold Base for two years. At one point, she was put in isolation because she scaled an eight-foot wall topped with razor wire and jumped to freedom, only to be found by Scientologists on the highway that she was walking on and returned. So they put her in isolation. And Tanya is is his wife. Stefan finally comes up with this idea that he's gonna send her a cell phone and a note um, in a Victoria's Secret box, because he knows the guards won't go through it, because if they get caught looking at lingerie, they'll get in trouble. So they're able to text secretly for five years, and like plan an escape, and he literally had to go like break her out in the dead of night. But so she meets with these people. She's starting to be like, hmm, she's telling people about these stories. People are like turning their backs on her. Scientologists are like, you should not be talking to suppressive persons, and she's like, don't you want to know what they have to say? And she, they're like,
0: no. And Leah can't believe these people aren't open to hearing suppressive persons' stories, even though she literally cut Sherry out of her life because Sherry tried to tell her an SP story. So she
1: should be more understanding. I was going on. She gets called in by David... Miskovich's henchmen. They basically yell at her. They're like, "Stop what you're doing." Shane and this other guy show up at her house and like threaten her. And they're like, "Stop asking about Shelly." Uh, Leah screams at them and she's like, "I know more about Scientology than you do. You better not try to school me." Call Shelly. He calls uh, her a bitch. He's like, you fucking bitch, Leah. Angelo shows up and goes, you don't call her a bitch in my house. So it's Tommy and this guy, David Petit. And Leah's like, yeah, let's fucking rumble. spite <laughs> these motherfuckers. She's like, David Petit is tiny. I could take him. Angelo, you're oh, on. Oh, he's petite. He is petite, which is ironic. Um, yeah, they don't really forget that Leah
0: was born and raised in Bay Ridge. She meets with David again. And this is where it gets weird.
1: Because he starts being really nice to her. He's like, you're totally right. We're gonna get all those reports taken out. We're gonna give your three hundred dollars back, three hundred thousand. Did I say three hundred again? Uh huh. I've been screaming a lot. I get it. Like he's like, I hear your problems. Like I want to understand. Like I want to help you, but he won't answer any of our questions. Right. So she she's like, I want my three hundred thousand dollars, and I want it in a check. And they're like, okay, fine. So they give her three hundred thousand dollars back. She banks it. She's like, okay, maybe I, like they did right by me. She's starting to believe it in it again. But then they call her back in and yell at her again. They had called up all of her friends, gotten knowledge reports written up by all of her friends. They're like, you're talking to suppressive people we hate. Yeah. So they bring her in and like are trying to break her again. And this is where she says they were crazy, but I was stupid. Because she's like, at this point, it hadn't even occurred to me to leave the church. (laughs) She was like, I still wasn't going to leave. Insane. They were in there and they were like really like reprimanding her. She goes, despite everything that was happening over the past couple of weeks, I still didn't think I was leaving Scientology. Even while I was making a stink about subjects that most Scientologists wouldn't dare address while confronting the church's leaders who said to administer beatings, while personally declaring Tom Cruise a pillar of the community to be an SP, and while facing down Julian Schwartz and many of the, re- the reports of condemnation, I still naively hoped that someone would step up and prove me wrong. I prayed that this police system I had submitted to for most of my life and my family's life wasn't at best a waste of time and at worst evil.
0: I will say I do understand that. That is like a huge thing in psychology and like a recent thing that I've been looking at is the way that people think that lost time should affect future time. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like a lot of people will be like, well, I sunk five years into this relationship, so we should stay together for the rest of my life. Whereas every day forward should be its own like day. Don't be unhappy for another five years because you
1: were already unhappy for one year. (laughs) So then... They're breaking her. All of her friends start kind of disconnecting from from her. They don't want to be speaking to her because she was caught speaking to SPs. She still wants to be in it. The final straw is this. They bring in her mom and her stepdad for sex checks. Her mom still believes in it. She's like, Leah, tell them what they want to hear. And Leah's like, watch, mom. They're going to bring you into sex checks and they're going to try to ruin you because they're trying to take me down. She's like, this is all bullshit they're doing it because they want to get info about me her mom and George her stepdad go in for their sex checks and they come out and they go sure enough they just want to hear about you like this was all bullshit like they pretended that they were doing our run of the mill
0: sex checks to try to get to our overts but really they just wanted to learn and tell on you and so they all leave and I do think it is key because she also thanks her mom and her family in the beginning of the book for like sticking by her but I do think that if her mom hadn't like been a part of her exit she never would have done it
1: because it's her mom it's her sister Shannon it's her step brother i mean yeah it's a lot of people and she's like they all left with her and it is something she says she's like i don't know if I could have done it and she's so grateful that they all left with her I am grateful too because I don't know if we would have gotten this book if that hadn't happened okay so I'm going to try to wrap it up really quickly me and Ashley are actually because this was such a long book and we wanted to get you guys the facts we're going to do a Patreon episode this week maybe even two about all of our other thoughts we've got yeah. thoughts on Kirstie Alley we've got thoughts on cult thinking I mean we have a I lot of tell, thoughts if
0: you, on the Patreon I'm going to tell the story about the pre katie Holmes almost wife of Tom Cruise we have a lot of crazy stories to tell you guys and we also want to give you guys our deep dive and our unfiltered
1: opinions but let me round it out by saying she leaves and the first thing she does is go try to do a shelly Miskovich missing persons report
0: yeah so she decides if she's gonna go out because she had tried to write a couple letters to shelly like and pass them through the church and the church kept on like giving her the runaround and so she decides that if she's gonna leave she's gonna go out in fucking flames and she goes to the cops and she files a missing persons report for shelly and that's when she explains cuz i think the question everybody has is like why
1: can't the police go in and just find out. So she explains that a lot of police are on the Scientology payroll. That what they do is they hire police to work Scientology security events and they pay them like exorbitant rates. They also invite the police from the LAPD to like different events and they, like, they give honor them, them. Honors
0: and awards they, that awards, are made up. They
1: donate <laughs> In their charities and their names, which is funny because a Scientologist isn't allowed to donate to a non-Scientology charity, but then you can bribe police by donating to their charity. But so she says it's impossible to really get the police on your side because you never know who's in good with Scientology. A lot of these guys have been paid off, a cap baby. Um, <laughs> so she files this report with this guy that she met on the King of uh, the King of Queens, and she's like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" And he's like, "Totally." His boss is like, you're not allowed to handle this. We're going to bring it to the person above you. She calls two weeks later and she goes, hey, any update on that missing person's report? And they go, yeah, we called Scientology. One of their lawyers said she's fine. So case closed. And Leah's like, well, did you see her? And they were like, no, the lawyer said she's okay. And they're like, so you didn't hear her. And they're like, the lawyer said she was fine. She calls this woman. She's like, you have to do more. And she's like, you're not allowed to hear about this report. And Leah's like, it's my report. And it's completely shut down and it's never opened again. So I think, I mean, obviously it doesn't explain all of it. I guess the whole is in, on an international base. So technically it's not under FBI jurisdiction. Does that sound right? I don't know. Uh, I even. guess we'll watch the Shelly Muscovich documentary and find out. But if, I mean, that is crazy. Like sometimes I'm like, it's just fucking Scientology. There's like 20K of them. How many, how dangerous
0: could it be? And then you're like, oh, they paid off the LAPD. Yeah. That's and, scary. And it's funny because literally Tom Cruise like was the crack in her system. Like seeing the way that Tom Cruise broke every single rule and people around him broke rules for his benefit was like such a glaring problem to her. And she says that one of the things that helped her get out of Scientology, because also Scientologists, you believe, you're believe you taught to believe that Scientology is improving your life and giving you the life you want and giving you success. And so when she would say like how is this person successful without Scientology? Like Scientologists would say, well are they really happy? And so she would like after leaving says that she would look to Nicole Kidman, Tom Cruise's first wife, many people know her as. I think she must have been his second wife because they said that Katie Holmes was his third marriage. I mean, Nicole Kidman, one of Tom Cruise's wives as she's often known as. She would like look and be like, "Well, Nicole Kidman's fucking thriving. So, something feels off here." And she's like, "I've never met Nicole Kidman, but like she is my north star and just like thinking about how Nicole Kidman is fine is like helped her get through it." <laughs> That's so funny. I just want, I mean, we have so much more to say.
1: Join the Patreon if you want to hear more. I'm so excited
0: basically at the end of the day this book really opened my eyes to some wild fucking shit i feel like i just became a vegan but for religion you know like i really have opinions about it now
1: (laughs) i cannot wait to hear them on the patreon yeah next week we have amy hart love island icon extraordinaire she is obsessed with cults and she's famous so you know she's got good opinions yeah in. we can't wait
0: and subscribe
1: to the patreon and like follow and review bye i love you